Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of Lit AF with me, your host, Sarah Cohan. I am a relationship and communication coach, and I help folks end old relationship patterns like people-pleasing and codependency in order to show up confidently in secure relationships. It's my favorite thing to do. And today, the topic of this episode is going to be about what, like, if you're afraid to show up fully because your partner might leave. This is a really, really common belief. And it's especially common for a specific attachment type. So, this is the third episode in my four part series that's going to break down the different attachment styles. And if you're new to attachment styles and you're like, what is this? Who am I? What am I? <laughs> I don't get it. Um, I've got a few reasons for you, resources for you. First of all, you can go to my website and take a free quiz. Go to sarahcohan.com. That's C-O-H-A-N. And on the website, you'll see free quiz, attachment quiz. Um, and there's like a little pop-up too that you can take it. And that'll show you the breakdown of the four different attachment styles and what percentage of each style that you're exhibiting. Another great resource for you if you're into podcasts, which you probably are since you're here, is to go back and listen to episode 101, where I break down what attachment style is and the four different types of attachment style. So today, I'm going real deep on the anxious preoccupied attachment style, and I have a quick edit from last week's episode. So last week, I did an episode about what it's like to date a dismissive avoidant, and I explained the common patterns that they experience and what it's like to be in a relationship with them and common strategies that can help them feel secure, feel supported by you, address their fears before you before they even come up so that they're really feeling just really safe with you and they can be as vulnerable as possible. Vulnerability is not really their thing. So, you know, don't have too high of expectations. Um, but that's what last week's episode was about. And then the week before that, I talked about um, the fearful avoidant attachment type, which is um, the attachment type that I grew up with. And it's really near and dear to my heart. So I'm excited for today because the anxious preoccupied attachment style is what the, it's the attachment style that I, I tend to coach the most. So these the strategies that they use and the common patterns that they are experiencing, I deeply understand, I deeply resonate with, and I'm very excited to talk about it. So before I get into the episode, as always, I have my own personal check-in. And my check-in today is about rest. Mercury's in retrograde. I heard there's like six planets also in retrograde. There's a full moon in Virgo going on that's very much like a juicy, like just kind of insular new moon to really start to plant seeds for the next six months. And I was supposed to go on a trip this weekend. And I got to say, I read the room and the room said, the room being me, the room was like, I'm tired. We don't have the energy or the wherewithal to go on this very short trip. So um, I ended up still taking my vacation time at work, but um, staying at home. So I felt really good. I'm not going to lie. Um, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> I always 
always have a long list of to-do lists for days that I'm at home. And I give myself so much space to not do much of it, which feels so good. So resting, honoring the fact that I need to hang, not get letting my to-do list run my life feels really, really good. So that's where I'm at right now. That's where I am broadcasting to you live. That's the vibe I'm broadcasting you live from. (laughs) So I'm going to start this episode of are you afraid to show up fully because your partner might leave you by sourcing my materials. So everything I'm talking about today is straight from the personal development school. I am a certified integrated, integrated attachment coach by the personal development school. And they have a phenomenal program. It's group coaching. It's an online platform. And a few of my clients actually are members of the personal development school and then get one-on-one coaching with me. So a lot of the materials are the same that we go through, but they're just getting like a little bit more personalized help from yours truly. Okay, so we're going to get right into common patterns for the anxious attachment. So the characteristics of of the anxious avoidant, sorry, the anxious preoccupied, is they're oftentimes charismatic. They're very kind. They are extremely attentive in relationships. They're warm. They're likable. They're friendly. They're very much people, people. And they are very quick to move in relationship. So if you are dating someone that is showing up just super present and really warm and affectionate, Um, And they also want to commit really fast and explore really fast. Like this could be a sign that they run a little bit more anxious, which is not a judgment at all. I'm just going to say that right now. We are not responsible at all for the creation of our attachment styles. But now as adults, these are outdated strategies and it is our responsibility to heal them. But if you are finding yourself in a relationship with an anxious preoccupied, I'm going to give you a few strategies at the end to just help them feel safe and supported and address their common fears so that they are able to kind of start to heal on their own, start to communicate their boundaries, all of the good, all the good juicy stuff that I'm going to talk about in a little bit. They often prioritize their relationships and social interactions above all else, especially boundaries. Their common core wounds, so our core wounds are just old stories that were created in our childhood. And they usually like are repetitive patterns. So they get, you know, bigger. The wound just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And now as an adult, we like these core wounds are actually these beautiful entry points to heal. Like core wounds can at first be really scary and sound like, oh God, there's something wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with you. We all have them. Even secure people, it's not, it's not anything that's dysfunctional about you or off about you. It's just, it's just a pattern that you picked up in childhood. So their biggest core wound is that they will be abandoned. And so this often drives most of their behavior. So they're often withholding a lot of sharing their needs, communicating boundaries, because they're afraid if they show up fully, like I wish, like something that I hear often from clients is, I want to show up fully, but I'm afraid they're going to leave. So if that if that really resonates with you, you likely have this core wound around abandonment. Another one is I am unsafe, I will be alone. Being alone is actually a really really common big fear and core wound 
for anxious, preoccupied people. So if this is coming up, again, I'm going to talk about some some ways that you can start to reprogram your brain in order to believe the opposite. That's actually the work that I do with clients is to reprogram your brain over like 21 days to to basically let go of this old core wound (laughs) and reprogram it for, you know, you are in community, you are safe and and you're not going to be left behind. You're not going to be abandoned. You are going to be in connection and community with another person. Another one is I'm not good enough. I see this a lot with probably all of my clients. This is really common. It's a big one that I had to move through. I am rejected is another really big anxious preoccupied core wound. I'm unloved, um, I'm excluded, or I am disliked. So the excluded is a really interesting one because it's the anxious preoccupied is really here to show us why it's important to be in community with others and how we can look to others to help us heal. And so if you're excluded from the group, that that means that you're basically like you look to the group as safety. You look to them for so many different needs, like connection, safety, love, validation. And so if you're feeling excluded, that means that you're like not going to have access to all those needs that normally people meet for you. So it can really make you just kind of scared, right? Um, Common emotions that they deal with are loneliness, insecurity, um, being fearful, anxious. And this is like external anxiety. I talked last week about how dismissive avoidance have a large, a very high baseline of anxiety, but it's internal. It's not necessarily um, external. They're not exhibiting it in their actions or their emotions or the words that they're saying. But anxious preoccupieds tend to exhibit that anxiety externally. So that can look like nervousness, worry, overthinking. Worry is the next common emotion that they deal with. Desperation. And this is oftentimes because they feel like they need to be um, this perfect person. They need to be enough. They need to, you know, shrink or grow in just the right way to be the perfect match for that other person because they just don't want them to abandon them. So another common emotion that they deal with is sadness and their relationship to boundaries. So this is the work for the anxious preoccupied. They oftentimes don't have boundaries in their close relationships. And that's because they're prioritizing the relationship over their own needs. And they're concerned that if they set a boundary, that the other person will leave. So you can see that this um, abandonment core wound really drives a lot of their behavior. Eventually, what will happen with the anxious preoccupied is they will feel unloved. And um, when others put up boundaries with them, they will feel emotionally abandoned. So if someone else is setting a boundary, they'll, they will just react to it immediately and be like, you're abandoning me. So it's a really, really tough relationship for boundaries, both giving them and receiving them. They feel afraid of abandonment if they set boundaries. I sent that already. They self-sabotage boundaries because they prioritize proximity. So that means they might be setting a boundary and then just completely walking away from it, questioning it, pretending like it wasn't that big of a deal because they want that closeness. Um, They don't want any distance, right? They want that closeness back to feel better. 
And then they definitely don't realize the importance of setting healthy boundaries. So let me just quickly review the importance of setting healthy boundaries. Boundaries, and this is coming from a fearful avoidant that was so afraid of boundaries her whole life. I got an astrology reading once and the astrologer was like, so your life's work is to set boundaries. And then I promptly, it was just, you know, my birthday reading. Then I promptly went and found a new therapist. And during the therapy sessions, she was like, so I just want you to know, like what I'm listening and and learning here is that probably your life's work is to communicate boundaries. It's like, thank you. Got it, universe. I appreciate all of you. (laughs) Doesn't make it easy. But what I'm trying to say is boundaries are the point where we are able to teach others how we give and receive love, respect, connection, adornment, like all the things that we need from a relationship that is healthy. So by having boundaries, we're able to tell other people how they can safely love us. And that might sound very foreign right now, but I imagine it as like, just a nice little generous thing that you can give to someone else for them to understand how to love you. So the point that I'm trying to make here about boundaries is that boundaries are the place where two people are able to meet. If you think about fences, and I don't want you to think of boundaries as fences, but just as a quick analogy that's kind of adjacent, a fence helps people understand where one piece of land meets another piece of land and the shape of that land and where it lives. And a fence can, you know, help animals stay inside of one place and um, keep, I'm just thinking about my kid, like keep them out of dangerous places. So it's not that we're putting up fences with our boundaries, but we are trying to do is help people understand where are the slur of the like, you know, pain points for us? What do we need in order to feel good about ourselves? It's okay and a good thing to have boundaries. It helps people. It helps people understand, you know, how they can treat you, how they want, how you want to be treated, how they can show up for you. It's not always that if you set a boundary, it's going to hurt someone. Actually, it can be quite healthy and it can be such a good thing. So, There's a lot of beliefs, obviously, around this, especially for an anxious preoccupied, because of that. Like you, like when people set boundaries with you, you really feel like that is putting your relationship at jeopardy. So when you're setting a boundary, it's not that you don't love someone. When you set up a boundary, actually, you're saying you love them enough to communicate to them how you would like to be treated in the future. We can do this gently supportively and we can do this with love yeah it can it, I know it sounds really hard and I'm, the reason I'm hammering down on this is that it is can be really really hard for the anxious preoccupied so oftentimes with this I just recommend taking it slow taking little baby 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 steps and I'll give you um, a script or sorry some scripts at the end of the podcast I have a little resource for you to start to share your needs because that is the first step of actually sharing your boundaries. So I hope that makes sense about boundaries and why they are so important. They're a fence, but they're not a fence, right? (laughs) I hope you understood that. So here are the common needs for the anxious preoccupied. Love, intimacy, closeness, and connection. They're real relationship type people and community-oriented people. 
They love having validation, reassurance, approval, and they want to feel important. Who doesn't want to feel important? I totally respect that. Um, Another common need is certainty, consistency, presence to feel seen, heard, and understood. So oftentimes the anxious preoccupied grew up in an environment where their caretaker wasn't necessarily consistent. They had some inconsistencies. And there could be a million reasons for that. One easy resource, or sorry, reason to think about when you're thinking about this is um, if your parent had, or if their parent had any sort of alcohol dependency or um, substance abuse, anytime substance um, or addiction comes into the equation, what happens is they're not necessarily showing up consistently for their child. And so being able to have consistency and have that presence where someone is making them feel seen and heard is so huge for them because before when they were relating to their caregivers growing up, they're always going to them to look for support for healing. And their caregiver sometimes would and sometimes wouldn't, which is actually what created their attachment style. Okay. So now I'm going to get into common behavioral coping mechanisms for the anxious preoccupied. And if you are dating an anxious preoccupied, these really might resonate with your experience of what's going on in the relationship with this person. So clinginess, trying to like actually remain um, remain close to someone, trying to gently provoke the expression of care from a partner. So um, by making them jealous, testing, this is a huge uh, behavioral coping mechanism of the anxious preoccupied. And it's also similar to the fearful avoidant. So um, what's going on here is they are trying to get you, they're trying to test you so that you are showing, you're displaying that validation, approval, importance, and reassurance for them. So this is just that behavioral coping mechanism is a way to get that from you. My husband runs a little bit more anxious and I've seen him do this a lot. He'll um, you know, ask me questions like, do you love me? You know, and then like giving like false examples of like what could happen in our lives and being like, are you still going to love me this? Or like, are you still going to love me when? Would you still love me if I looked like this? That type of thing. So this testing is just a way for them to get that validation and reassurance from you. Seeking validation. This is so common. Majority of my clients are really expressing this behavioral coping mechanism. They are looking outside, they're outsourcing their validation to others. And what's going on here is it's just because they're not validating their self. So they're not able to see how valuable they are, that they're enough. They're looking for others to show them that. And so it can feel like when you're in a relationship with an anxious preoccupied that you're really propping them up because they are actually looking for you to do that. So don't worry. There's some steps they can take. Everyone's attachment style is... You can totally change your attachment style, um, especially if, if you know your partner's on board. This doesn't mean that... This is not the end of the world. Another behavioral coping mechanism is attention or approval-seeking behaviors, expression of panic, anxiety, and neediness, criticism of their partner. This is the tough one. And then fawning. So that fawning is people-pleasing. I talked about this a little bit again in that Fearful Avoidant episode. But fawning is a trauma response. So I really don't want you to get down on yourself for people-pleasing. I know I judged myself so much for being such a people-pleaser. 
And I got that from my family. Like my family was very judgmental of this coping mechanism that I fell into growing up. And you know what? Not everyone in my family had the same coping mechanisms. (laughs) So, you know, it was easier for them to be like, why are you doing this? And I'm like, well, you don't understand. Like this was, this is how I survived my childhood basically. So fawning is just a trauma response to a situation, a charged situation. And all it means is that you're going towards people pleasing in a situation in order to deal with the trauma that's coming up. (sighs) People pleasing is something that I work really, really closely with clients on. I just, I have so much compassion for this behavioral coping mechanism. So if you are in a relationship with an anxious preoccupied and your partner is displaying a lot of these things and you're you're having trouble asking for alone time, you're having trouble like maybe with your communication schedule because the anxious preoccupied loves to text all day long every day. And when you're not responding to them, trust me, they're starting to do the math. They're checking the red receipts. They're checking their phone constantly to see if you've responded because that response is a sign of validation, reassurance. You're seeing them, you're hearing them, all of those things. So here are a couple just like easy ways to help your anxious preoccupied feel safer in a relationship with you. If they text you, I would highly recommend responding as soon as possible. And if you don't necessarily have an answer, just saying, got your message. And then if you're busy, like if you know how long you're going to be busy for, like maybe you're going to be busy at work and you're not going to be able to respond to the text messages that they're going to be sending, just let them know, I'm going to be busy all day. I will call you, respond to you, text you, check in with you later this evening and maybe even say a specific time because they are actually tracking this stuff. So that will help them release them of the need to constantly be checking their text messages because they know, okay, I'm just not going to hear that from them until later tonight. Another thing is that if you're asking for alone time, they're really struggling with this. And so what this can look like is they're, they're just like not, they're trying to make as many plans with you as possible. And whenever you suggest something like, I need to go to go to my place tonight, like I just need to refresh and recharge in order to be ready for my big meeting tomorrow. And then, you know, suddenly all of a sudden it can be like, oh, but I really need you. I've got this thing. It can feel almost like, whoa, everything just changed when I told you that I'm not going to be able to physically be around you this evening. So what I would love for you to do is just get ahead of that and say, I'm not leaving you. I just need some alone time tonight. I look forward to hanging out with you again tomorrow, Wednesday, Friday, whatever the actual real date is that you're going to be able to hang out with them again. And again, what you're trying to do here is by saying, I'm not leaving. I'm not going anywhere. I just need some alone time. You're getting ahead of their biggest fear, which is um, abandonment. And you're just saying like, hey, I know that this is your fear. I'm not going to be doing that. But you know, I do need some time for myself and I'll be back around this time. Another thing, and this is like next level and you're anxious, preoccupied and might not be ready for this. But as if, you know, if you're saying like, I need alone time and they, they look a little bit charged or they're, you know, you're just feeling like you're leaving the situation, not necessarily in the best place, remind them some activities that they can do while you're gone. Because having, 
healthy outlets and other resources in other communities, like I said earlier, like having a diverse set of friends, uh, groups, physical, uh, you know, movement practices, spiritual practice, all of those things are what the anxious preoccupied needs to basically like calm their mind, have resources, have a community that they can go to that is beyond just you. So just remind them like, why don't you call your friend tonight? Why don't you check in with them? Oh, you know, why don't you go check out that new yoga studio that you've been talking about doing? Something like that to just help remind them like they have other options too and you're not the only one. Some people might not be ready to hear that. So read the room. If your partner would be like, you know, that triggers another core wound of theirs, maybe leave it. Don't worry about that one too much. But if they are in a place where they can actually hear you, you're helping remind them. I hear this all the time from anxious preoccupied. like, oh, I forgot that I need to reach out to my girlfriends when my partner is away. Or like, I just forgot that when I'm going through a breakup, I need to, you know, really jump into having a physical exercise activity that I go to on a like routine basis, just to just keep your brain and your body like occupied in motion. I know it sounds exhausting. So I want this to be in a really healthy way. So you're just helping to get them back into that mindset. Okay. Common expectations. This is this is like this is the juicy stuff. My partner should soothe my emotions. So there it is, ding ding. That is like the big thing that the anxious preoccupied is expecting. And when a dismissive avoidant and an anxious preoccupied get together into the anxious avoidant relationship, what is happening is the anxious is expecting for the dismissive avoidant to heal all their emotions, soothe all their emotions. The dismissive avoidant is expecting to soothe all their emotions by themselves. So this is a very naturally triggering relationship. And what's happening, the reason that they find themselves in relationship with each other is that they are trying to learn from each other. I know that this is like, I know a lot of people have been, um, you know, they felt burned by either side. And let me tell you, it's a tough one. But in the bigger picture of it all, we're just trying to learn like, oh, this is how to be in community. And this is how we can be independent. And so what we're trying to get to in the middle is this beautiful give-take, natural give-take of any relationship of inter- interdependence. Another one is my partner should give me certainty at all times. So if, you're part, if all of a sudden you know your partner isn't giving you that certainty of responding to your text messages right away or giving you all that love and validation right away, it can feel like all of a sudden you're on rocky ground. And once they're on rocky ground, they're going to be going to you to help you them soothe their... Blah, blah, blah. They're going to be going to you to help them soothe their emotions. Another one is my partner should know how I feel slash read my mind. Oh, mind reading. You know what? I've tried this. I've tried using this technique all the time with my partner. And I would say it never works. Never, ever, ever, ever. Having direct communication, speaking my needs, communicating my boundaries, all of those things are much healthier ways (laughs) to actually communicate to your partner what you need rather than having them read your mind. And I'm going to explain a little bit what's behind this is actually the anxious preoccupied is constantly thinking about you. And so when they're constantly thinking about you, they're kind of expecting that you're thinking the exact same amount about them. And that includes mind reading. So you're trying to 
get ahead of everything that they constantly would want, need, or have in a situation. And obviously, this just doesn't work for anyone. It's just so much mental exercise and overthinking, over, over, overthinking about the other person. My partner is responsible for meeting all of my needs. That's a really big one. I feel like I've talked about a lot about that today. And my partner should be available. So this can be very, very, very triggering for them when you go from being available to them all day to not being available. And this can lead to that, like the, you know, maybe a partner in your relationship where all of a sudden you haven't talked to them all day and they'll leave you 20 text messages being like, what's going on? Where are you? I need to hear from you. And again, this is just that abandonment wound being triggered. This is their need for reassurance and validation from you coming out. Another one is a romantic relationship should be the highest priority. So they are true, true lovers. They, (laughs) they, um, the romantic partnership is like the most important thing to them. And it's really interesting because other insecure attachment types might have different importance, like hierarchy. So their career might be more important to them than a relationship. And so when that, when those two people get into a relationship together, all of a sudden they have different higher, different priorities basically. And they can read into that and feed their beliefs into, oh, well, they just don't love me because they care more about their career. Meanwhile, this person is like, I love you so much, but my career is the most important thing to me. So it's interesting once you start to like peel back the onion, like what's inside. And then the last one is romantic gestures in a relationship should be frequent. And preferably the bigger the better, right? (laughs) So I hope this helps you understand common patterns for the anxious preoccupied. And I also hope this helps give you some tips to start having conversations with your anxious preoccupied and also how to meet their needs so that they're not getting triggered from you or not from you, but just being triggered in your in their relationship with you. And then the last thing I want to just say is that I've got a list of scripts, this free list of scripts for you. If you find yourself in this attachment type, what I would really recommend is starting, and again, baby, 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 baby steps, starting to share your needs, starting to share boundaries. And so um, this list of scripts is actually really fantastic. It's based on the five love languages. So what happens, it's, it's supposed to be used when you're in just a difficult conversation and you just feel like, oh, if only this person would give me a hug right now. Oh, if only they would just, um, you know, give me words of affirmation. If they could just give me a compliment. I really feel like what happens, so this is like, this is kind of once you're in repair mode. So it's not necessarily for like in the middle of a big ugly fight where you're just like throwing words at each other. <laughs> this is maybe towards the end where you've said your pieces and now it's time to repair. And one of the ways to repair is to ask for your needs in a situation. And maybe it doesn't have to be right in that moment. Maybe it can be like a day after the argument happened or something like that. But This is basically a script for you to share what you need from them in order to get back to that kind of like, you know, regulated space. Oftentimes what I need is just a hug or holding my hand. And so it can be kind of difficult to say like, like you want them to read your mind and be like, now I need a hug to, you know, come down off of that big fight that we just had. So um, this is, you know, 
this is just a quick script for you to look at. They're really short. They're really easy to just read off, have in the back of your mind, have ready to go. And I hope that they help you start to repair after a difficult conversation or even in the middle of a difficult conversation because those can be quite triggering. And I want you to just be able to approach them, you know, not avoid them because it's not impossible to um, go through life without them. I actually think they're really important and necessary. But um, hopefully this helps you to approach them in a different way where you're sharing your needs. And this is the first step and hopefully many steps of you sharing your needs. So if you're interested in downloading that PDF, it is at sarahcohan.com forward slash free tools. That's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com forward slash free tools. You can download it there. And then if you're interested in working with me, what I help people do is end just old relationship patterns like people-pleasing and codependency in order to show up confidently in secure relationships. It's honestly one of my favorite things. I help people regulate their emotions get rid of outdated beliefs. One of my clients just like went on this massive week-long vacation where he went to a wedding and then he did like this, you know, trip, this you know, physical activity trip and he just said that he's never showed up in like groups of strangers like that before. Like he walked into so many different rooms that week so confident. He struck up conversations with strangers. He felt like he just knows himself so authentically. He's able to have deep and vulnerable conversations. And yeah, he's just loving how he's showing up in the world right now, which I want this, I want that for you. So if you're interested in just getting a feel for what's possible for you, what your unique attachment style is, and how this program can help you in your relationship and communication styles, book a free discovery call. You can go to sarahcohan.com forward slash coaching and book the call there. I would love to talk with you. Thank you so much for listening. And I will be back here next week, closing out this four-part series, talking about secure attachment. All right. Thank you. Thank you.